expressing the truth about the church in this world we live in. Welcome to Real Talk Ministry Podcast. This podcast talks about the issues we're facing with the church today and the challenges of balancing our life with Christ in this world we live in. Let's get ready to hear some real talk with our host, Miss Nisi. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. This is Minister Nisi, Miss Nisi of Real Talk Ministry. And I want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you to everyone who participated, who showed up, who watched on the live stream, who commented, who uh, left likes and emojis and anything just to show that you were there being supportive of me and just being there for the people God laid on my heart to be there. I am talking about my December Real Talk Ministry event where I went into the church and we just gave word like the word of God was so beautiful. I do want to thank J. Clue. I call him my nephew. The Lord laid on my heart to have him be over the music department and the praise team. And he did a beautiful job, a beautiful job. And I thank him. And also, I thank uh, Minister Shaniqua Johnson for bringing a word about the beginning, just to highlight some of the things she said. She spoke about how when she grew up, she was into He-Man and She-Ra. I think it was She-Ra. I think it was another person. I know I love She-Ra. But she was saying how He-Man's theme was, I have the power. And she was telling us, that we have the power and in the beginning God uh, blew his breath in us so that whatever he blew in us from the start is in us and whatever we need and whatever tools that we need to fight this fight and this is how I interpret it to fight this fight and to move forward or to work for the Lord he blew that in us when he gave us life I thought that was beautiful and she said don't worry about their faces and y'all that just pow like that just hit me like I cannot worry about people's faces meaning I can't feel like oh I don't want to offend I don't want to say this I don't want to do that I don't want to come across wrong I just want to do what God wants me to do and I can't be afraid to do it differently than it normally is um then we had Deacon Desmond Fain who came with the end and he broke it down first. He was speaking as the the sequence of how the movie begins and ends. And then he talked about the chapters, like going through each chapters of life and the resolutions. And I just really thank God for the great word that was shared by these two. I do want to testify again that the Lord started this Real Talk Ministry events in January. Minister Shaniqua Johnson was the first one to roll out the events. And I have to say, she was so helpful. She was so patient. 
Um, we had <laughs> problems trying to send over the video and she was just so wonderfully patient and kind and she didn't get mad at me. She did if she could have been and it would have been justified because I thought ways to make this work um was gonna be good, but she didn't. It was like she was uh the guinea pig and all this. And she just did it so gracefully. She just was wonderful. And she brought a great word then. And Deacon Desmond Fain was just so wonderful in being kind enough to just say yes. And I didn't know this was his first time speaking since being ordained away from his church. So I felt like even though I was honored, God honored me for allowing him to bring such a dynamic word. I know in the past of knowing him, he always brought a dynamic word when he did exaltations. I always see him do that. But I thank God for how the flow of the service went. Um, we didn't raise an offering. That was something God laid on my heart not to do. And to the beautiful people who were trying to give an offering, I asked God to bless them. They were beautiful enough to want to do that. And for the people who didn't, I asked God to bless them too, because it was already ordained before the service even came to mind that God, how God wanted me to do and what he wanted me to do to not raise the offering. I can remember me driving. I remember all the landmarks where I was. And I remember how he instructed me. And as I stated in the video, it's not saying that he probably would never have me do it, but it's not something on the list right now. It's not something that he is like pushing me to do. And I just want to remind everyone, as I did in the video, I'm not a church. I'm a ministry. I started off with uh, Real Talk Ministry 13 years ago after two name changes, actually. I started off many moons ago. ago. I, I can't even think how far back. And I was doing Two Sisters in Christ. And I was thinking like, mm, Two Sisters in Christ, who's the other sister? <laughs> so it was like, okay, I had an idea for it. But it didn't really go long. And then I switched that because I was like, there's really not two sisters. It's just me. And I switched that to great inspiration. And I did a service then in Hamilton, Ohio. And I had some people come out and speak. And it was beautiful then. And that didn't really stick. And then the Lord gave me Real Talk Ministry. And it's been sticking ever since. And so I just wanted to take out time before I start this podcast, speaking on the second podcast of the month, uh, which is like my little Bible study, um, to thank these great people who had patience with me, who worked with me, all the people from the events that I started from February until now, the last month. It's so many good word singing and the music that was played on the guitar or the bass I believe it was but it was just phenomenal and I'm just in awe of how great God is when he put things together and it's easy to say oh you did a good job I'm glad I did a good job representing Christ 
but he put it together and I am so thankful and I'm excited about the year to come. He's already telling me like what my next steps are, what my next moves should be. So I pray it is as graceful and as beautiful as it was this next year coming like it was this year. So I am going to now invite you to my website to see the service if you haven't seen it. And it's www.realtalkministry.com. And you can go to my Facebook and be blessed, you guys. And I just had to take this time before I get started to say thank you, guys. It was beautiful. And I'm glad the Lord allowed me to work with you. Now, I am calling this podcast Next Year's Declaration. I wanted to call it 2022 declarations, but when people look at it, they'll say, oh, that was for that year. So what's for the next year? What's for 2023 or 2024? This is called New Year's Declaration because every time there's a new year, the church has things that is going to happen for your life to prepare you for the new year. Some of them sound like gimmicks. Some of them is real true to form, but 99.59%, they always say the same thing. And the one of the three biggest things after I sat at my job and I wrote a list as they was coming to me, and three things that the Lord, I felt, wanted me to highlight that we always hear, even when it's not a new year, is healing. We're going to say God is going to heal you. Uh, We're going to mention about being death free. And you know, we're going to raise offering. So those are three things that we're going to talk about. So the podcast topic for December is called New Year Declaration, Healing, Debt Free, and Offering. Now, I'm going to start off with healing. I do want it to be known that I know as churches do things and they have services, I'm not saying this because the Lord told me not to raise an offering. He didn't say I would never raise an offering. He didn't never say I would never have people wanting to contribute and help me. So I'm not bashing offering, but every service you can probably bet that an offering is going to be raised. It's going to be raised. And if it's not being raised for the upkeep of the building, if it's not being raised to bless someone in uh, the pulpit for bringing a word, if it's um, being raised to just bless the service. um, Most churches do it for the needy, you know, to help others. But I want to say that in this podcast, healing, debt-free, and offerings are not necessarily always because of the money you have in your hands. There's many ways to get healed. There's many ways to become debt-free. And there's uh, many ways to give an offering without it being monetary. Now, I know that sounds abusive, <laughs> someone is listening is like oh no you're trying to tell the people not to give offering to the church no i already did a podcast on that 
And you can refer to that podcast. And basically, I was telling people to be wise and they giving. But this podcast is not telling people not to give money to the church. This podcast is telling people that if you're looking for someone to say or to prophesy to you that you're going to be healed in the next year, you're going to be debt free in the next year. Uh, you got to give an offering in order to um, be delivered or set free or be debt free or be healed. Uh, you may feel like this will contradict what you feel or hear or even may say in the service. Now, I don't put any limits on God. I believe he can do whatever he want to do when he wants to do it. So if someone says, hey, get $50 and you will be healed. I don't think it works that way. But if you feel pricked in your spirit to give them $50 for a healing, you can. Now, remember, there was a rich ruler, a rich man who felt like he can pay to have the powers of the disciples because he saw how they were healing and everything. And they were like, okay, they they didn't tell him, give me $50 and you'll have power and deliverance and and you'll be able to heal. They said, uh, go get rid of everything you own and follow us, follow Christ. And that wasn't Pete up appeasing to him. He didn't want that. So I just want to say people have ways of saying, I did this and it worked. No, what you did was you had extreme faith to believe it would work. So it worked. Your faith caused it to work, but your actions made you believe that it would. So if someone says, give me $50 and God is going to heal you, Please refer to the scriptures, refer to Christ, uh, let it be what it is that he wants you to do. And if that's what he wants you to do it, do it. I'm saying this because too often, you know, we've been, in, I'm going to say I, been in church for a long time, you guys. I've seen a lot of things. I seen things that made me question like, oh, I don't know about that. But we learn, you know, some things I even was told to do, some things I even believed in, but without the knowledge of reading and understanding and being in a situation where I was desperate and I was really in need, you believe who is speaking to you. You believe who is speaking in your life. And it's not your fault that you believed it, but it is your responsibility to not keep to not to keep falling for the same deceit or not studying enough to um, understand what was going on and just taking the word of someone without asking God exactly what it is that he wanted you to do, if that was right, if it's actually going to come. I, I don't want to get into a position. I'm, I'm going to get to my podcast, I promise. <laughs> I don't want to get into a position where if your pastor or someone say something and um, you don't trust it, if it's coming from God. So what I'm saying is some things I'm going to say, I'm not using any disclaimer but you have to learn and study for yourself. So healing, 
I declare healing can come into your life. I believe God can heal you. I believe whatever it is, he can heal you. But we have to understand how healing works. You cannot say you need to be healed and you're on diabetes, on medication, and some are real severe. If you have if you're on diabetes medication, I am. If you're having cholesterol issues, high blood pressure, some things your body cannot control and needs medication. But the healing comes to where you're not in pain and, and you're not suffering. It comes when the doctor say, have you been taking your medication? And you like, nah, because I get tired of taking it. I do too. But I tell the doctor the truth too, like, not all the time. And then when they say, well, this is what's going on with your A1C. And it's not good. And then we're like, okay, Lord, heal my body. Well, the doctor said, eat right, exercise, drink more water, less caffeine, uh, do more walking, uh, cut back on the certain foods, whether it's skinless chicken, less salt, less pepper, less paprika, regardless of what it is. Some healings that are out there can be fixed if you follow the doctor's orders. There are some healings that is needed to be divine, but there are some healings that are being, um, that is really out there to help you get better and get to that healing stage. But because you're doing your own thing and not what the doctor says, then you're stuck with the disease you have. And again, some diseases are divine. They will need divine miracles. But some of our health situations are only because we're not being, um, we're not following the doctor's rules. So put your faith in action, follow the doctor rules and let the Lord show the Lord that, okay, you send me to the doctor. I'm taking these pills. He's telling me to, to do these certain things to help alleviate some of this uh, issues that I'm having with my body. I am in faith going to do this knowing that you can completely take it away from me. Not just so I can go back to an unhealthy lifestyle, but so I can continue to stay healthy so I won't have to go back to that again. So healing. James 5 13 and 15, and I always read from the King James Version, and it says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they should be forgiven him. And as Luke four sixteen to 18, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the places where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, 
because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the line, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Luke 4 and 23. And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whosoever we heard done in Capernaum, do also hear in thy country. I thank God for the reading of the word. And I want to start off with James. He says, any among you afflicted, let him pray. That is the first part of healing. You don't no longer have to go to someone. You can go to God directly and you can ask him to heal your body. He said, it's any Mary, let him sing songs. So if you're happy, you can sing psalms. Not songs, uh, psalms, P-S-A-L-M-S. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. If you have went to God in prayer and you don't see any results for yourself, you can go to the elders of the church. And they should be able to lay hands on you, anoint you, and not only just heal you of of your diseases, they can have the power or heal your sickness because it don't always have to be a disease. Every sickness is not a disease. But they they also have or should have the power that after they anoint you, if you have any sins, it should be forgiven. And the prayer of the faith, which is 15, and the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have any have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So not only should the laying of the hands and you going directly to Christ and going to the elder of the church, your faith should be able to help heal you also. So we have read three things that I took from James 5, 13 and 15 of how healing could take place in your life. If you're afflicted, let him pray. I take that as you can go directly to him in prayer. If you're feeling sick, let him pray. Um, Let them sing psalms. You can go to him directly. You no longer have to go through somebody else. But if you are not feeling strong enough to feel that the healing is coming from being, it's coming to you to Christ asking for healing. If you don't feel that it is happening, you do have the authority to go to the elders of the church. Nowadays, it's not just the elders, you know, it's the ministers, it's the bishops, it's the pastors. But you can go to someone of authority in the church for them to anoint you and lay hands on you. And remember, do not just let anybody lay hands on you. Um, Be mindful and prayerful. I know when you go to church, you feel comfortable with your leadership. But everybody is not always in a church setting where they're comfortable with their leadership. Sometimes you can go to outside churches and you have to be led of the spirit. But if you are, they should be able to not only 
anoint you and deliver you from your sicknesses, but also be in a position where your sins are forgiven as well. And the prayer of faith. So you have yourself going to Christ, you going to the elders of the church, and your faith for healing. You don't have to pay for those things. You could do that of yourself. They're free. And then when we go through Luke 4 and 16, I don't mean to reread it, but um, it says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and his custom was he went into the synagogue on a Sabbath day and stood up for it to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. I took this, and I always will say I. I feel like the Lord is leading me to say these things. But this is like a Bible study. So I'm sharing not to say I'm the final word and whatever I say goes. I'm sharing, and if you say, hey, Miss Nisi, I heard you, but I would like to share some scriptures with you. Please, this is what this is for. I'm I'm not someone who has the final word, so any feedback is welcome. I believe when he opened up the book and read Isaiah, and when he had op- and found the place where it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and broke, heal the brokenhearted and preach deliverance to the captives and recover the sight of the blind to set liberty that are bruised. To me, those are all healings. And how did that healing come? Through the word of God. If you read it, everybody was sitting. If you read this chapter in its entirety, from 16 to the 23rd verse, people were sitting looking at him like, we just waiting on you to say something. Like they were already rumored talking about this Joseph's son and they was fast and they was like really waiting for him to comment. <laughs> but I took that as to say, when you read your word of God, there's healing through the word of God. You can be anointed to ask, you could be anointed through the word to say, hey, not only is he healing me, but he has given me the power to preach deliverance, to set the captives free, to preach freedom, and to heal the brokenhearted. I know a lot of times we we feel the only sicknesses that need to be healed are cancer, um, diabetes, high blood pressure. That's basically kind of it sometimes. You know, now we got COVID to add to the list. And some of the other things we don't really want to talk about. So we don't add that to the list like um, STDs and AIDS and stuff like that. We don't really want to talk about those things because we want people to be delivered. But I don't really hear a lot of churches talking about it because that's a sensitive subject. You know, churches are limited to what they feel you shouldn't be doing sinfully anyway. And some churches will feel like you get what you deserve for sinning. But that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day, right? So brokenhearted, y'all, that healing covers so many of diseases to come. 
Because when you broken hearted and broken hearted is not just because a spouse or someone left you. Those are real broken hearted situations. And I don't take that lightly, but it could be friendships. It could be a separation from something that you was really committed to that you really wanted. Broken hearted is not limited to one significant thing. If your heart is broke because something happened to you in the church and people still don't take church hurt seriously, but I do. uh, Those things that mess with your heart can mess with your mind. And when it messes with your mind, it can stress you out. And stress can bring on illnesses too. So don't limit being healing to the actual diseases that you hear about that can take your life. Broken heartedness can do the same thing. It can take your life too. So I believe the word of God can bring these healings. We can go to God for many, many things. And we do. And that's wonderful. I know he wants us to come to him rather than going to other people. But there's no gimmicks to being healed. You ask and it shall be received. If you can't see you doing it on your own, you can go to someone and they can do it for you. You know, you can go to the elders of the church and they can do it for you. You know, the physician can heal thyself. You can read the word of God and become healed. You can read the word of God and become whole from things that are hurting you or have bothered you or can cause you to self-destruct. It can bring completeness, completeness to your life. So those are the things that healing can do. Now we're going to talk about being debt free. If you have money problems, pay your debt. It's not just always because you need to pay your tithes that you have money problems. I'm going to be 100. There was times where I was taught you didn't have to pay your tithes. And there were times I was taught you did have to pay your tithes. I was broke paying ties and then people were like because that's that's the devil messing with your money but I wasn't broke when I wasn't paying ties and people were like that's because God knows you need to pay your ties and uh the devil is trying to make you seem like you have more money in your hand and that's why you need to pay it but then when I was paying my ties sometimes I had a lot of money and then um sometimes I didn't and vice versa it was like There wasn't a time where I wasn't broke, whether I was paying it or not. And there wasn't a time where when I wasn't paying it, that I had money or didn't have money. I couldn't see the effects of it. This is not a conversation on whether you should pay tithes or not. I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying is, saying you paying your tithes is going to make you debt free is not true. That's not true. Tithes is not just to make you debt free. And that's not really how it works (laughs) I'm not going there Um, one way to become debt free is to forgive people for what they've done to you now I will go there just like in Matthew 6 and 12 where it says forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors forgive us of our sins just like people who sins against us or who tries to hurt us because we're not perfect and debts are not only just monetary monetary sometimes our debts is how we treat other people and i'm gonna read this long 
chapter. <laughs> but you can read with me. And it's Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And I, of course, the Bible has great stories. And I enjoy reading them. When I read them to myself, I kind of like scan through them. So I encourage you to read them out loud if you see yourself just scanning through it. And you'll get the essence of it, of the story that's being told or the teaching that is being taught. So Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the, of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison prison, till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee of all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Which leads to the scripture of Matthew six, fourteen and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you forgive men not their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This man had grace on him through his Lord. Not Lord as Jesus Christ's Savior, but as the Lord as someone he who had ruled over him. And the Lord actually felt played because he was like, I had compassion on you. You're going to go and jack up this person by his neck because you didn't want to have compassion on that person after I don't share compassion with you. So what does this got to do with forgiving your debts and forgiving trespasses? If you really want to be debt free of the things that you um, have, pay forward your debts. If someone uh, forgave you of what you did, and I know this debt that was owed was monetary because because um, 
the ruler was about to sell them off as slaves to get their money. But I still equate this being similar to not necessarily having money because at the end of the day, he forgave him without the money because he had compassion on him. Sometimes forgiving your debts is just being compassionate enough to say, I forgive you. We don't have to keep going round and round the circles of how we feel that we may disagree on something because it's causing mischief. It's causing discord. So I forgive you. I don't have to keep doing that. But you can be forgiven without going to someone else who owes you or done wrong towards you by taking in, taking your hands on them or handling them because it's like you want God to forgive you when you do things wrong. So why you can't forgive somebody else when they do stuff wrong? That's a forgiveness of being debt free. Debt free don't always have to come with all your bills being paid because all your bills being paid, if you're normal people, you're going to go find some other bills. <laughs> and I don't mean that to be funny, but you will. If someone came through right now and said, I'm going to pay all your bills for that month. Because that means you still going to have month bills next month. You're going to be debt free for how long? Because if you go and become debt free and your car break down, you're back, you're back in debt if you got to take a loan out for that car. So what am I saying is everything is not necessarily a freedom because you're not because you don't have to pay things. And I, I hate to say this, but it makes us sound so poor in Christ. It makes it sound like we're just so poor that we don't have anything without Christ coming in and sweeping it away. When he gave us power and the ability to handle some things on our own. And we don't have to act like we are so desperate for money that that's our our war cry. Death free, death free, death free. Okay, I get it. There are ways to become death free. And it's not necessarily because you have to put money in somebody's hands to do it. That's the easy way. How about forgiving yourself or forgiving others or not being so hard on others when they do wrong against you or if they owe you or as long as you let something slide. You know, if someone says something you know was stupid, won't you let that slide and don't let that play on your heart. Allow that to be the forgiveness of sin of that debt. Try it. It just might work. Because in this this scenario, this man was free. But because he didn't want to free somebody else, he got caught. Now his freedom cost him not only his torment, but his family too, I'm sure. Because his family is not going to have him until that debt is paid. And we're talking about in biblical times. I'm pretty sure he was the one... He was the man of the house, so he was most likely the one bringing in the money. And he now, it wasn't that just, okay, he didn't have the money and he did somebody else wrong. They're going to torment him. Sometimes our own conscience, when we don't do in our hearts what the Lord wants us to do for others, to be forgiven of them or to forgive them, it become tormented in our own minds, in our own hearts. And it'd be like, this is really working on me. 
Have you ever been in a situation where the Lord told you to do something and you didn't do it in that moment past? And the whole time you just like, oh, I wish I had did that. I wish I could have went back and did that. Lord, I wish I had did what you told me to do. Because now it's tormenting you. It's bothering you that you didn't do what Jesus told you to do. So there's ways to be debt free. And it's not always monetary. And the last one is offering. I feel like there's more than one way to offer an offering up to God. And I believe a lot of people believe that. I believe people believe that it doesn't always have to come out of your pocket. I believe people believe that you can give an offering to the Lord without being shamed because you wasn't able to stand in the offering line with $25 with a partner or another person with $25 so y'all can give $50 for the offering. Uh, It doesn't make you even more special because you was able to stand in line with $50 by yourself for an offering. And I'm going to be 100. Please don't play with me when it comes to offering. Do not say, the Lord said, if you get $50, you're going to get blessed. The Lord said, get with someone. Come, if you don't have $50, get $25 and stand in line with that person and be blessed. And then after you done conned everybody else out of their money and say, well, whatever you got, 2 or $3, I don't care what it is. God said you're going to get the same blessing. Hold up. Hold up. I don't know how many times I heard that. Don't play with me and my money. With God. No. It don't work that way, y'all. Don't be fooled. Don't get caught up in that. Do not think if you give $50... That you're going to get blessed more than the person who gave $2. When the speaker is literally saying, it doesn't matter what you bring. (laughs) That's why I say you have to use wisdom. So, offering. This offering I'm going to read about is from Hebrews. And it's 10, 1 through 25. Yes, I'm going to read the whole thing. So, you read with me. And it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commerce thereunto perfect. For then would they have not ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscious of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year for it is possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins go up on my page wherefore when he cometh into the world he said sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not but a body hast thou prepared me and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure Then said I, lo, I come, and the volume of the book is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings, and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which we, I'm sorry, 10th verse, by the which will we sanctify through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standing daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. 
But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he has said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. I'm going to stop right there on 18 verse. Back in the day, they made sacrifices with lambs and bullocks in order to be repentant of their sins. In this scenario, God is saying he sent his son. So we don't have to offer up blood anymore to be repentful of our sins. We don't have to make sacrifices. He sent the sacrifice for sins, and that is Jesus Christ. And he's going to always be there. And he says for the 14 verse, for by one offering, he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. Wherefore, the Holy Ghost as a witness to us. For after that, he has said before. See, this is an offering that tops all offerings. The offering for the repented for the remissions of your sins. So when you hear people say you need to give an offering for deliverance to be set free and to um have uh, eternal life or anything that has to do with that you know automatically it's false if they want to raise offering for the upkeep of their church if they want to raise offering because they need to help somebody in the church okay but we already know that just the reading of the word alone could bring deliverance well this is saying yes back in the day they did have to offer up sacrifices but we're not doing that no more we're establishing something new and then through this establishing of something new, where God is sending his son to be the ultimate offering. And that is the repentance of sins through him. So when you give an offering to the Lord, I know you may say, oh, duh, we know you don't always have to just offer money. But when you give an offering to the Lord, you have to remember that he is the offering. I think in some ways, when I think about it on on the service that I had, the Lord was telling me, like, you need to let them know the seed is not the money you put forth because someone spoke a word about me. The seed is the money that is being implanted in you from the words that is being spoken about me. I am the seed. And I think it gets confusing sometimes because I, I was caught up in that too where I'd be like I had to sow a seed for a word because that was a good word and I'm putting it on fertile ground so it can grow I blessed the man of God I blessed the woman of God and it was wrong nothing wrong with that but the only way the seed will actually grow it's not going to necessarily be monetarily it's going to be how it affects my life and if I follow the instructions that were given through the word of God that day He is the ultimate sacrifice. He was the ultimate sacrifice. But he was the offering that Christ, the offering that I believe God sent to us. And he sent this offering so we can have a chance for eternal life. Uh, I will skip down. Well, I'm going to finish reading. I'm going to start with 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... 
by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And in having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I just believe that there are so many tools in the word of God that can help with your daily issues that it's not that it's being ignored. I would say sometimes I don't think it's being properly addressed because there are some great preachers and teachers out there who wants to tell the saints, this is how things should be. This is how you can go about getting what you need from Christ. But it's hard sometimes to hear instructions of what to do when you want a quick fix in an easy way out. If these words of me telling you to forgive others, don't be harsh to others. If someone owe you, if, if a bank said, hey, we don't have to worry about paying that loan. We got you. And then you go out to your neighbor and be like, you don't got that $20 that I let you borrow yesterday. No, you should be able to, if someone forgive you of your trespasses, you should be able to forgive them. Same way without money. If someone was like, hey, I appreciate the way you said that or you threw me under the bus, but I'm going to love you with the love of Christ and I'm going to let that go. But then you go and see someone else do the same thing and now you being a gossiper and you going around telling everybody, look how wrong this person did. Look what wrong this woman did or look how wrong this man did. You don't have to be like that. You have to understand that the principles in the word of God, it comes through studying for yourself. And if you have any questions, you can go to your leader or someone in the church to help you. You can study your, have your own Bible study. You can get healing without being coerced to, to, get, to have money come out of your pocket for it just because you want to sow on good ground. And it sounds good that if I give an offering towards this sermon that the Lord is going to heal your body. When he clearly says in James and Luke, you can go ask, you can go for yourself, you can call for the elders of the church, or um, you can just have the faith to believe. In all three of those instances, you can still be healed. If you still don't feel the healing that way, you can go to the doctor if you still want to rely on the miracle of Christ, which is phenomenal, but through the doctors, miracles can be performed too. You can read the word of God for the healing. We also learned that you can be debt free. You don't have to always be debt free because of, you know, giving money to give money to a church to say you're going to be debt free. That same money could have went to your financial consultant or you could have set up and arranged an account to pay off your debts. I'm y'all, I'm I'm trying to tell y'all. I'm not coming against giving offerings. I'm not. But if I'm gonna give my money to someone to say this will make me debt free, I can give that same money to the people I owe so I can be debt free. Also, forgiving others. Just just being forgiving can cause that free. It could cause you to have more freedom than just not having money, 
having to worry about paying this bill or this loan. It can have freedom in your mind. And then we have to always remember who was the ultimate offering. God gave us the ultimate offering. You think he came with money? No, he didn't come down and say, hey, if y'all raise enough money down there, I'm going to send my son. He going to help y'all out. No, he didn't do that. He even made it better so we can do it, submit our, our, our offerings to him without doing it the old way. Because that was no longer accepted. And I want to say in these churches, sometimes the old way shouldn't always be accepted. You should want to do something for your church to where they don't always feel like they, that the church is a bill. The church shouldn't be a bill. It shouldn't be that I have to commit to paying my light bill, my car note, my mortgage, my rent, my lease, uh, my car note, my car insurance, and gas. And then, oh yeah, let me add this $100 offering they want too. I thought offering supposed to be free will. I, I gotta research that. I didn't research that. So, if... I didn't research that. <laughs> I didn't research that. But if you're going to tell me to give a free will offering and then you put a price on it, it's not free will. But you got to be led to God, people. I give an offering. I give whatever God tells me to give. If someone up there said, the Lord is saying give $100, I'm going to be 100 if the, someone is up there saying, the Lord is saying, give you $100, and I go in my purse, and the Lord say, no, I'm not giving you $100. This has nothing to do with church. If my light bill is $150, and the Lord said, only pay 50 right now, I trust that I would not have my light bill disconnected, and that 100 would come later. I trust that whatever void, whatever that money was going to be used for, it wasn't supposed to come all out of my pocket. Because whatever he tells me to give, then he's looking out for me. And that's what we need to always remember. God is looking out for you. He put people in place for you to hear the word and all that. But at the end of the day, God is looking out for you and he's giving you wisdom. If you can afford to give that hundred, then you give that hundred. Maybe the Lord seemed like, uh-uh. You give that hundred, you ain't gonna have no gas money. Because we're supposed to be the lenders, not the borrowers. So if you're giving money to the church or to anybody, not just church, to anybody, to the point where now you got to borrow, you ain't aligning something right. Something ain't right. If you can't forgive others, for what they doing against you. Don't expect God to forgive you. Don't expect the blessings to come on on you the way he wants to bless you. When you can't help others or forgive others or bless others. Knowing, knowing the word of God and applying it to your life. Is much quicker than waiting to go into a special service. Dedicated for healing. But your money has to be given for it. There's ways that you can give to Christ without it being monetary. I pray that this word edifies and helps you to think that 
yes, it doesn't mean I don't have to give anything like money, but it's not the only thing I should give. There's many ways that I can be healed without being, um, don't be, don't be negligent in thinking you shouldn't go to the doctor. Some people just don't like going to the doctors, but go to the doctor. If you need to go, go to the doctor. And it's important that you do put your health first, but also listen to them. We have physicians in the Bible. People went to the doctors. You have to listen to them and to get the proper healing that you need. And I do want to stress again, if if your healing has to do with being brokenhearted, there are doctors for that. But make sure you put yourself in a position where your heart is not broken to now you're in depression, you're sad, you can't function, you're not thinking straight. Make sure you talk to someone you trust and put your trust in Christ. And you can go to the elders for the church for that too. The elder of the church is to heal everything. Okay? I pray to God that this word bless you. I pray to God that if you have any feedback, you share with me. I Like I said throughout the podcast, and I always say it throughout my podcast, I'm not the it all and final and everything of all. I'm learning too. I pick up my Bible and I read it. And that's why I say this is like a Bible study session. Because in Bible study sessions, you learn from each other and you're learning along the way. So things can be changed. Thoughts can be changed. Thoughts are challenged. So I'm not the final word of God, but I thank God for the word of God. And I pray that I am a tool being used. I always say a tool, but because a tool is something you have to work with to help. It helps fix things. So I pray that I'm a tool being used by Christ to edify his words So it can bring out a better understanding of church and situations that happens to you on a daily basis. I pray that you enjoy the word and visit my website again to see the service. I do plan on having more to come next year under the guidance of Christ. I really don't know how it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be every month like it was last year or me this year. (laughs) But I do believe God will be in control and he will make it good. Thank you for listening. God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to share and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can receive notifications when a new episode is posted. You can also stop by Miss Nisi's website, www.realtalkministry.com. There you can purchase her books, leave a comment, and stay connected with this ministry. Until next time, God bless.